listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take you some uh, through some things, a couple of apps, uh, some techniques. One of the things that we talked about was this: when you study the Bible, and and and, and this is so important. When you study the Bible, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and I'm sure you know that that as you're praying, as you're asking God to open up the eyes of your understanding, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, as James chapter one says, if we lack wisdom, we can ask God and he'll give it to us. Um, yeah, the crumbs, that's exactly what the crumbs on my face are, Caitlin. Um, he'll give us wisdom if we ask him. And so it's very, very important that we understand I'm not just going into my Bible reading and Bible study to just check off, you know, a mark, did it today, you know. No, I'm actually, I'm pulling a life-giving word out of my Bible study. And you should go in with that kind of an expectation. The Lord is going to speak to me today as I study his word. And I want you to write that in the comments today. That's the first thing I want you to write. The Lord is going to speak to me as I study his word. Put that in the comments and it's, and expect that. Always go in with an expectation that God's going to speak to you personally, give you strength, wisdom, guidance, wis- you know, as you're many times I've been praying about things and, uh, you know, I have decisions to make. And literally as I'm doing my Bible reading, something will pop into my spirit and God will give me the answer to what I'm looking for. The Lord is going to speak to me as I study his word. You have to go in with that kind of an expectation in your heart, knowing that it's a living word. You know, that's important to know. It's a living word. So the reason I'm doing this kind of a broadcast is because we don't flippantly study the Bible. We go in with an expectation that when I open up the mighty word of God, he, the Holy Spirit, will speak to my heart as I study the mighty word of God. And um, I'm going to take you also through just a short explanation of Bible translations and what they are today, because that's important as well as when you're studying the word of God. But um, one of the things that I want you to see, Jesus said this in his uh, Sermon on the Mount. And if you have your Bible, I want you to start here with me. Go to Matthew chapter five, and this is going to set us up. And then I'm going to show you these tools and apps and stuff that are that are going to help you as you're, um, I call it being a good steward over the revelation that God gives you. And you need, you do need to be a good steward of that. Listen to this. Um, I'm in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. It says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Verse 18, vitally important. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, or an iota, if you want to pronounce it properly, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it's all accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, the Bible says, but his word will never pass away. Absolutely, I believe that the word was with God at the beginning. Bible says it was, John chapter one. But pay attention and understand what we're talking about here. 
that Jesus is saying that the word of God is completely and totally trustworthy and eternal. So understand, heaven and earth will pass away. His words will never pass away. And then, of course, we, we looked at this scripture. I'll give it to you quickly because this is also very important to know as we're studying the word, that this is not just something that was written down by men. That's just you know something they thought up to write down. No, absolutely not. It's very important to understand that this is the inspired word of God. It, it came from the mouth of God. Listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. I love that it literally translates this here. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's breathed out by God. So this is the inspired, inerrant word of the almighty God, without question. It's the inspired, inerrant, and this word will never pass away. It's eternal. It existed with God in the beginning, and it will never pass away. The word of God is forever, and it's holy. We, we reverence the word of God. We literally, we reverence the word of God. And one of the things that is a warning to us, and I'll finish with, with, with this before we jump into the apps and stuff and the explanations, but if you go to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 22, um, you, you need to understand, <clears throat> the Bible says this, Revelation 22 Jacqueline, that was 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, what Paul wrote to Timothy. The word is God-breathed. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Listen to Revelation 22 and verse 18 and 19. Listen, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. And so there's a warning. We cannot add to and we cannot take away from the mighty word of God. That's so important. We cannot add to and we cannot take away from the mighty word of God. And so, and, and I'm not going to get into, you know, Bible canon on this broadcast, but that's why we don't just add all these uh, extra biblical books to the Bible and expect them to be on par with scripture because they're not inspired. And we can recognize what is inspired. We can compare scripture with scripture. We can see through prophecy and other things what is inspired by God. We don't determine, remember this, I don't determine what books are inspired. The Bible itself reveals itself to us through truth, through prophecy that's fulfilled, eyewitness accounts, other things like that. I played for you uh, that message a few weeks ago from Vody Bauckham, where he talked about why, why I believe choose to believe the Bible, Second Peter. And uh, that's an extreme. If you miss that, go back and watch that broadcast. It's proof that the Bible is true. Go back and watch it. It's why we believe it. But the Bible defines itself. It doesn't need a man to define it. 
We can only uh, discover that the Bible is true, recognize, but we can't decide which books are from God and which aren't. They reveal themselves to us. But we know the apocryphal books are not from God. They hold things in them that are error. They're not inspired, especially the New Testament apocryphal books. And they're not from God. But people act like, you know, we need to, and Candace, we're going to get into that question uh, in a minute. Why She's asking, why are there so many Bible translations? That's where we're headed next, Candace. And so, yeah, yeah, Andrew's asking, what about the hidden books like the book of Enoch? Do we, do those books have no validity? No, those books are not, those books are not inspired by God. In fact, books like uh, one Enoch that you're referencing um, are not even considered canon by the Catholic church, you know, who, who include all of the Old Testament apocryphal books like first and second Maccabees, Bell and the Dragon, and those other books that are found in the Catholic Bible. Even the Catholic Church doesn't recognize books like the book of Enoch as being canonical or from God. And uh, and so it's a, uh, books like that are called, it's a, it's a technical term, but pseudepigraphal, not recognized by any anybody as being inspired by God. Then you have New Testament books like the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary, you know, they're not inspired by God. They're full of error and full of heresy. You know, in the Gospel of Thomas, the Bible, uh, thank you, Amy, I appreciate that. The Bible's uh, very clear. You can't add to the word, you can't take away. But in the Gospel of Thomas, some of these things are obvious. Like, you know, where uh, Peter says that uh, we're going to, Jesus needs to change Mary into a man so that she'll be worthy of life because only men are worthy of life. Well, that's not found in Scripture. And so it, uh, it's just some of those things are obvious. But one of the things that we do need to understand is that this word that we hold in our hand is inspired and inerrant always. And even in the New Testament, I want you to remember this, ne- neither Jesus nor the apostles ever quoted from any apocryphal book of the Old Testament. None of them. They quoted from almost every Old Testament book and none of the apocryphal Old Testament books. So we have the word of God in our hands and it's eternal. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. Now, we want to get into this talking about um, some of these questions of Bible translations because that does help us when we go to study the Bible. And there's a reason that why in Miracle Word University and when we're preaching and teaching doctrine, we choose a Bible uh, that is more what we would call word for word in its translation than thought for thought. And I'll explain that to you, but let me show you something real quick. This is a chart I made for you guys, and you're welcome to screenshot it if you want. I'll, I'm happy to post it um, online afterwards, but this is a Bible translations chart, and I by no means put all of the available English translations on this. I just put a few that people would be very familiar with, um, but take a look at this. So this is a Bible translation chart, and I want to explain it to you so that you can understand what it means and what it does. On the left-hand side at the top, you'll see that I put word for word or formal equivalence. That's the technical term. And then on the far right side, it's a thought for thought or dynamic equivalence. That's the technical term for that. So anytime someone is doing a translation of scripture from the source language into the destination language. And the Bible was written in three languages, Hebrew and Aramaic for the old Testament 
and Greek for the New Testament. So when they translated those things into English, they have to make decisions. They have to make decisions about how they're going to say in English what was said in Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. And you can't just literally write it down. I I showed that to you in a previous video where we looked at the interlinear Bible, where you could see that if we translated it just word for word, it wouldn't even make sense. One thing people don't understand is that, and let me come back to you real quick. One, One thing that people don't understand is that in the Greek language, word order means nothing. The words can be in many different orders and still mean the same thing. But in English, we need word order (laughs) or it doesn't make sense. And so um, if we translated it, how it's written on the manuscripts, word for word, it wouldn't make sense to some people. But if you look at this, um, you can see on the far left-hand side, I have INT, which stands for the interlinear, which is what we looked at that day on the broadcast where we saw... um, you know, what it looks like if you had actual Greek or Hebrew transliterated into English. That is the most accurate word-for-word format of Scripture in the English language. But nobody's going to read that for their devotional study. It's more for it's more for actual Bible study if you're studying the words and doing a word study. So the way this works is, on the left-hand side is the most, um, I hate to say literal, but it's they're doing their best to be word for word in the translation of what the scripture said. But on the right-hand side, what they're doing is they're they're making it as thought for thought as the word uh, said. So what they're trying to do is, if in the ancient language, a writer said something to you that may not have made sense currently, they try to write it in a way that would make instant sense to you in 2020. So, for example, there's a passage in the Bible that says um, that the Pharisees who were grieved, they returned home beating their breasts. I've, I've used that example before. They returned home beating their breasts. Well, nobody in this generation knows what that means. Nobody knows what it means to beat your breasts. We would not know in our culture that that means that they were deeply grieved and sorrowful or angry about what was happening and taking place. And so what does the, um, what does the, a, a, a more uh, thought for thought translation do like the new living translation? It would translate it this way. They returned home in deep sorrow. Well, what's happening. You now have the ability to instantly comprehend what the original writer was trying to convey to the reader that they returned home in deep sorrow. However, Remember this, and this is true at any level, that anytime somebody does that, you have, you have a, uh, an explanation from a human being of what God's word means when it, when it says that. That's why anybody that's serious about Bible study chooses a more word-for-word translation of the Bible when they're studying the Bible. Because instead of having someone else tell me what the Bible means, I would rather be able to read a literal rendition of scripture and let the Holy Spirit tell me what it means. And so uh, to be truthful, the more you go towards the right, the more there's explanation or the more there's um, commentary, if you will. And so one of the things that we need to understand is that as we go to the left of the chart, 
the translators are doing their best to just give you the word-for-word rendition of Scripture, whereas when we go towards the right-hand side of the chart, they're trying to help us understand by almost in a commentary sense, we're going to update this for more modern language so that the, the reader can instantly understand what the writer was meaning in the time he wrote it. However, as I said, the danger of that is that you're getting their interpretation of what the writer meant. And and let me say this to you. There definitely is uh, doctrinal beliefs that are conveyed. I mean, they they say they try to, try not to do it. But translators, it's impossible to be a Christian and not hold doctrinal belief systems. It's just impossible. You know, you're going to be a Baptist or you're going to be a Presbyterian or you're going to be, you know, you're going to hold a belief about something. And, and they say they don't, they try not to let those belief systems bleed over into their translation, but you can still see that sometimes translations uh, point towards a certain belief system. That's why it's better, in my opinion, it's better for us to go in and choose a translation of the Bible uh, that is more word for word. Now, there is no such thing as a literal translation. All these translations, to some degree, have to use a mixture of word for word and thought for thought. Because as I said, it would be completely impossible for anybody to do a totally literal translation of the Bible in English. It just doesn't work. And so let me run through these if you don't know what they stand for. Uh, After the interlinear on the left, the, the next one is the New American Standard Bible. Now this is considered to be a pristine translation. It's considered to be one of the most word-for-word translations of the scripture you can buy. It's a wonderful translation of the Bible, very accurate to the original languages of Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. It's phenomenal for serious Bible study. And then, of course, if you move to the right, you have the Amplified Bible, which I know many of you are familiar with. Then if you continue to go, you have the King James Version, which also could include the New King James. It was just a retranslation of the same. And also something like the MEV, which is the modern English version, which I know some people like to use. The next on the right after that is the English Standard Version. And I'll tell you in a minute, Jacob's asking, which do you read? And I'll tell you why in a minute, why I do what I do. The English Standard Version is there. And then the New International Version, the NIV, which may be one of the best-selling translations of all time, especially modern translations. Then the Net Bible, the New English Translation, is right after that. And I have some cool things to say about that too, which I'll just briefly mention in a moment. And then you can see to the right of that, further down the line, is the New Living Translation, which, by the way, I do love, but understanding that it is a thought-for-thought translation of the Bible. And then all the way on the very, very, very far side of the spectrum, And I would have put them way further right than that, but I would have run out of screen to put them on, is the Passion Translation and the Message uh, Bible. Both of those, just so that you know, both of those are not translations of the Bible. The Passion Translation, that's very misleading. It's not a translation. It's a paraphrase. Both of those are paraphrases. And... I've heard, I heard one writer say this, and I know it sounds harsh, but in light of what I said to you a moment ago, I don't think it's that harsh. I heard one writer say that 
uh, they would be like commentaries rather than Bibles, except it's worse because they claim to be the Bible. They claim to be scripture. And so it's it's misleading to somebody that doesn't understand about Bible translation. You read that th- stuff and you think, man, that's God's word. But it's not God's word. It's a paraphrase of what God's word said. Let me give you an example. Um, and this is an extreme example, but let me give you an example of a paraphrase. Um, if I said to someone, or let's say I wrote a note to my wife, and um, and the note said, hi, Carolyn, I'm going to Walmart to do some shopping. I'll be back around 1.30 p.m. Well, then, like, let's say my oldest daughter picked it up and read it and then threw it away. And later, uh, Carolyn said, hey, did you get that note from dad? What did he say? And my, my daughter said, well, he said that he's going to go to the store and he's going to do some shopping, look at a bunch of different stuff. And he'll be back sometime in the afternoon. Well, that's not what the note said. But it's what my daughter paraphrased that the note said. My note said, I'm going to Walmart and I'll do some shopping and I'll be back at 1.30. My daughter said, he's going to go to the store. Well, that's true, but it's not exactly what I said. He's going to go to the store. He's going to do some shopping, look around at a bunch of stuff, and he'll be back sometime in the afternoon. Well, that's, that's a paraphrase of what I said, but it's not literally what I said. And so there's danger in that because after we read Revelation 22, you don't take away from the word of God and you don't add to the word of God. You don't just blatantly add things in say, well, this will actually help people much better understand the Bible. Well, what do you think? The Holy Spirit didn't know what he was doing when he inspired the writers to write. There was a reason that the Holy Spirit used the words that he did. There's a reason that he had it written the way that it was written. And I know that not every English translation is the same. But we should do our best to try to find the most uh, accurate that we can get. Now, as we go back to this, let me make a couple of comments on these. I have a lot of friends, and I know a lot of ministers that prefer the NASB. It's a phenomenal translation of the Bible, has a lot of upsides. Um, One of the downsides to going further to the left is the further you go to the left, the more time it's going to take to sit, read, and understand truly what it said. I've heard... uh, you know, people that are commenting on Bible translations say that the NASB is a little bit of a what they call a wooden translation. It's a little hard to get through for some people, but it still is the most pristine in many people's opinion. Uh, the Amplified is great. It's rough if you're reading it out loud and have to read all of the amplifications that are put in. Um, now, the King James Version, let me give you, this was the standard for, you know, 400 years around the world. It was translated in 1611. And let me just say something to you. When they translated the King James Bible in the year 1611 is when it was released. They started before that, but they didn't have anywhere close to the discoveries of manuscripts that we have today, not anywhere close. And so we have better manuscripts, better fragments of manuscripts today that we have far more source material than they had in 1611. So at the time, it was a phenomenal translation. But for people that have like stuck to it, understand something. We've got many, many, many more. We have over 6,000 manuscripts of the New Testament alone, not in the original language, not including the Coptic, the Syriac, all the things that have been found. So they've been able to update Bible translations like the NASB and the ESV, 
uh, with the newer material, which is helpful. And then, of course, it's got archaic language. People can argue whatever they want that it doesn't, but it does. There are things in the King James Version that are, um, yeah, and, and in some places, Jessica's right, it is a translation of a translation because in some of those places, they used Latin manuscripts instead of Greek or Hebrew. And in some places, they used the Greek Septuagint for the Old Testament. So the New King James Version is a little deceptive because it's just a retranslation of the King James. It's not a fresh translation from the original languages. I like the English Standard Version because it's a little bit more towards the middle, which makes it flow much better when you're reading large portions of Scripture aloud in in, uh, church. And if I stand and read, you know, 20 verses of Scripture, it flows much, much better. So in Miracle Word University, we use the ESV, and I would say that uh, the ESV is superior to the King James in almost every way, almost every way. Uh, which, which is why I use it. The ESV and the NASB are the two that we use um, in Miracle Word University. Let me jump over. NIV, almost everybody's familiar with that. The NET, this is a really cool translation of the Bible because, and I'll show it to you once we get into the apps in a minute, but one of the cool things about the NET is um, scholars realize that there needed to be another public domain translation of Scripture so that anyone could use as much or as little of it and publications as they wanted to without having to worry about copyright. Every translation of the Bible except the King James is copywritten by a publishing company. Like the Lockman Foundation did the New American, Crossway did the ESV, Tyndale owns the NLT. And so you can't use them in publications except with the permission of the one that uh, owns the copyright. The NET is a public domain work and uh, it's very well done. I want to make a comment. They did something called the, uh, the uh, I think it's called the translators or the NET with translators notes. Check this out. I'll show it to you in a moment. But it's got 60,000 translators notes in it, which they tell you why they translated the verses the way they did for everything. And it's amazing. It's amazing. The NLT a great translation. It reads at like a fifth or sixth grade reading level. It's great for new believers. It's great for kids. I still enjoy reading it uh, just to get some different color and flavor and some, some things that I'm looking at. And then we have the passion and the message, which I would completely leave alone. There is never a reason to pick them up. There is, let me reemphasize this. Let me get close to you. There is never a reason to pick them up for any reason whatsoever. I repeat, there is never a reason to use the Passion Translation nor to use the message. There are so many great English translations of the Bible. I I don't know why. And of course, someone asked, why are there so many? I think it was Candace. Well, one of the reasons is the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. And publishing companies understand the Bible's a moneymaker. And um, we, we actually have far more Bible translations than we actually need. But publishing companies know if I come out with a new translation of the Bible and we have a selling point, you know, whatever, um, you know, we're going to sell a lot of copies and we're going to um, and we're going to make money on that. So I would say it's one of the main um, I've seen the Tree of Life uh, Messianic translation, Carmona family. Um, I've seen it. I know that Michael Brown uses it some. I don't use it. I think we have fine translations. The NASB, the ESV, 
New King James, they're fine translations of the Bible. And I don't think we need more translations of the Bible than we have. We've got excellent, excellent English translations. Uh, I don't use God's word translation at all. Stick to the ones that we're talking about because it will, it truly, it'll help you. And I'm not being a Bible translation snob, but when you understand what the Bible says, yeah, it's true. Uh, Patty's saying you can only say it so many ways before changing the meaning. And it's absolutely true. You can only say it uh, so many different ways. Let me take you into something and show you what I mean. Um, let's go, let's go into, um, this is my olive tree Bible reader app. Now, for those of you that are wondering, this is one of the apps that I want to uh, want you to write down. If you don't use this, it really is an excellent, excellent app to have on your phone, your tablet, and your laptop. It's called Olive Tree Bible Study. I, I don't know exactly. I know it's called Olive Tree. It used to be called Olive Tree Bible Reader. Um, now it's showing in my Mac up at the top. It's just called Bible Study. So, But search Olive Tree. It's just an app where you can purchase Bible translations, things like that, um, <clears throat> from their store. You can you can buy resources, commentary. Uh, Olive Tree's phenomenal. But one of the things, one of the things that uh, I want you to see here, we have the English Standard Version right here on this side, and over here we have the Passion Translation, quote-unquote translation. Let's scroll down to uh, Psalm 18. Here we are, Psalm 18. Uh, I want to just show you an example of what I mean about the Passion Translation. Think about this. Read. So, let's read it in the English Standard. Look at what it says in the ESV. I love you, O Lord, my strength. That's the whole verse right there. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Look at the Passion Translation. Lord, I passionately love you, and I'm bonded to you. For now, you've become my power. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's not in the Bible. So, you know, you say, well, I just want them to see the power of the verse. It doesn't matter what you want. That's not what Bible translation is supposed to do. We don't add to the word. We don't take away from the word. That, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. I love you, O Lord, my strength. <laughs> Lord, I passionately love you and am bonded to you. None of that is in the Hebrew language. None of it. None of that is in the Hebrew language, just so you know. Oh yeah, but it's more passionate. It's not there. And so... Well, here's the Passion Translation. If that's a translation, I'm the Queen of England. Seriously. How do you take this and come up with this? How? I mean, how? And that's just one. And thank God they're finally on the second version of the, uh, the Passion Translation because the first said some insane things. Absolutely insane things. Um, let's, let's look real quickly. And this, this is just nice to be able to have and use. <clears throat> oh, look at that. The NASB. I love you. Oh Lord, my strength, <laughs> the same thing, the same thing as the ESV. Yeah. Apparently I'm just, Tim said, I'm just not prophetic. It's true. 
And look at again, the passion. I passionately, it's just not there. Is this what you want in a Bible? I mean, you ask yourself the question, is this what I want in a Bible translation? And by the way, I can't say enough things about why you shouldn't pick up the passion, but and also the uh and also the uh, the message Bible. But look at this. I mean, if we went in, I don't even know that I have the message Bible. I probably don't. I bought the passion just to do a bunch of studies on what the heck is going on with these people. Well, let me let me see if I ha- I don't even know if I have it. Let's let's look to see if I have I don't even have the message. I can't even imagine what the message would say. But let me see. I'll pull it up on my phone because it's online. But seriously, the message Bible, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why we need to do Bible translations that are no translation at all. I mean, just it makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense. Let me pull it up. Message Bible. There it is. All right, let's just for our own edification. What does this say? Of course, they run them together. Listen to the message. I love you, God. You make me strong. God is bedrock under my feet, the castle in which I live, my rescuing knight. My God, the high crag where I run for dear life, hiding behind the boulders, safe in the granite hideout. What in the world? I mean, literally, what in the world? So give me a break. I mean, don't. there's no reason whatsoever to use. I mean, it, it's a complete adding to or taking away from the scripture that the Bible commands us not to do that. We're commanded not to do that. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, <laughs> do not pick those up. There's too many good translations of the Bible. And it's not about being a Bible translation snob. It's about understanding that the word of God is holy. It was given to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said what he meant and he meant what he said. And so, I mean, imagine the pride, imagine the pride it would take to add to the scripture or to take away from the scripture as if you've got more wisdom than the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what people really need to, to, it's like, what, what in the world, what kind of pride does it take to think that you can add to God's holy word? And I will say that the olive tree, let me go back to it. I will say that the olive tree Bible app is totally worth it. It's totally worth it. And then you can buy, you know, a la carte, you can buy whatever you want in the, uh, in the, in the, in the library that they have at the store. So now I want you to see this. Um, this is really cool. So I'll, I'll go back to, um, we'll use the ESV again, but I wanted to show you something. Well, actually, let me show you about the, the new English translation. Now this is part of it because these are tools to, you know, deeper Bible study. Now in the resource guide, I'm going to go back to my resource guide and check this out in the commentaries. Um, here's the new English translation. This is the one with 60,000 translators notes. Now let's go to the gospel of John. Whoops. Let's go to the gospel of John. If I could figure out how to run my own Bible program. Let's go to gospel of John chapter one. Look at this. John one. And here we are in the new, new English translation, but over here, and we'll start here with, these are the notes given to us by uh, the translators. So this is a scriptural note. 
When you come down, I love these. This is a TN means translator's note. But look at this. We're still in verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Stop there because that's the end of verse one. Look at this translator's note. The preposition pros in the Greek implies not just proximity. This is with, the word with God. It implies not just proximity, but intimate personal relationship. M. Dodd's stated pros means more than meta or para and is re- regularly employed in expressing the presence of one person with another. The Gospel of St. John, that's, that's the reference. And then it gives you other scriptural references to look at. It's not just proximity where it says the word was with God. It doesn't mean he's just standing there next to him. It meant that he had an intimate personal relationship in the original Greek language. That's what the word pros uh, pushes forth to us to understand. Another translator's note. So look at all this. We're going through all these notes. You know, that's three. How many paragraphs of notes is that? Look at that starting up here. Okay, so it starts there. Look at all this in the beginning. So it goes through all of these different notes that the translators are giving you. Still going. Look, we're still on verse one, still going, still on verse one, still going until we finally come down here and get to verse two. And so one of the cool things about um, this that I really loved about this, the app that I'm using is Olive Tree Bible Study app, the Olive Tree Bible Study app. And um, you can get it and you can buy from their library, which I love. Uh, the cool You can highlight, you know, if I wanted to highlight this, I can come in and say highlight it, uh, do it in a yellow, gives you all colors. I don't want to just do that, but I also know that this is something I read a lot. I want to underline it in red and so that I now have this. So now here's what's cool. No, and you don't always have to agree, Brittany, with all of the, the notes or commentaries, but... One of the things that's a benefit about what I'm showing you here, these are translators' notes. So one of the things that they're showing you is why certain things are translated the way that they are. And here's a uh, a textual criticism note. They're showing you which manuscripts from archaeology are being used for these passages. There's a major punctuation problem here. Should this relative clause go with verse three or verse four? The earliest manuscripts have no punctuation. Then it lists the manuscripts. So then it's giving you basically what they're doing is it's like a behind the scenes, you know, because we've never seen why translators made the decisions they've made in Bible translations. But what's cool is that with the net Bible and the 60,000 translators notes, you're getting a behind the scenes of why they made the decisions they made. And say, well, here's why we put it this way in verse four. And so you don't, you don't have to agree with their doctrine if they have a different doctrinal standpoint than you do, but they, they've given their lives. These are you know men of God that have given their lives to studying the ancient languages and to be faithful to them. Um, you know, when, when, we, um, when we read their, tra- their textual criticism notes or their translators notes. So uh, it's important to see why they made the decisions they did. Here's the cool thing about Olive Tree is that I've highlighted this here and I've underlined it, but now it doesn't matter which um, that I go to. Now in the NASB, every translation that I've purchased has this highlighted the exact same way. So now when I'm doing my Bible translation, it really does not matter uh, which translation that I switch to because all my highlights and all my notes are going to be there 
It doesn't save them to only the translation you did it in, saves them to all of the translations. So that's extremely helpful when you're bouncing back and forth between Bible translations. So that's really cool. Um, and of course, all these are hyperlinks that you can click and it'll show you the cross references for these different, uh, different things. In the, and by the way, this you create an account, obviously, and all of these things sync to all of your different devices. So if I pulled this information up on my phone, it would look exactly like this on my phone. If I pulled it up uh, on my tablet, same thing. So it syncs across all your devices so that no matter where you pull the Bible out to study it, all your highlights are there, all your notes are there, all your resources are there. I can do it on a plane. I can literally pull my phone out and do deep Bible study on a plane. Do you, do you realize, let me come back to you for a second. Do you realize that just you know, 10, 12 years ago, I would actually travel with a separate piece of luggage to carry all the books and commentary, things that I wanted to take with me to study at meetings, whatever. I used to carry, literally, I had a book bag, an actual piece of luggage to carry all these resources. You know how amazing it is to now have all of that in this? I mean, every translation, every commentary, every resource, it's all in my phone and it's downloaded to my hard drive. So I don't have to be connected to the internet to look at those things. I've got them in the hard drive. And when I make changes there, make notes there, it shoots them to every other device. You know how awesome that is that even if I, uh, there's been times where I was hurt, you know, we have the kids, so we're rushing out of the hotel room to get to the church on time or whatever. And all of a sudden, and I realized I got there, I forgot my Bible and my notes were in it and whatever. doesn't matter. I can have, if I have my tablet, all my stuff is there. If I forget my tablet, I've got my phone and all my stuff is there. If I was, listen to this, if I was at a church that was 50 minutes away from my hotel and I said, oh, I, I completely left everything at the hotel. I could go into the office of the church, open a web browser, log into Olive Tree, and all my stuff is there on any web browser. That's how awesome it is. It's everywhere. So let me let me show you another thing that's really cool about studying. So I'll flip back over to the Olive Tree for you guys. Look at this. So now, um, if I'm if I'm in here, that's just this is just the resource guide. Of course, you can always close this and do a full screen Bible like that if you wanted to. Uh, but when I open the resource guide, um, my notes are all inside and logged. And here are the subcot categories for notes. And then all the things that are categorized. I have notes on all these verses of scripture. If I go to my stuff, I can look at any of my notes, any of my highlights, any place I've put a book ribbon. You know, if I'm, if I'm reading through a Bible uh, reading plan and I, I stop for the day, I can drop a book ribbon, come back to it later, save passages. This right here, we're going to get into this second. This right here is going to be your best friend in the entire world. Tags. Let me just explain to you. This right here is a life saver when you study the Bible. Because as I was saying to you earlier, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and starts to give you information and revelation on things that you're reading, a good steward of the word of God is going to log those things down and actually remember them, be a good steward of them and have them there to recall later when you're maybe teaching or sharing with somebody or a Bible study or a home group or whatever it might be. You've got it right there at your fingertips. 
So let me give you an example of what this looks like. If I go into, for example, yeah, exactly, Andrew, they should sponsor me. Um, if I were to go into my tags, okay, let's click in. You can say I've created all of these tags, blessing, canon, covenant, eternal security, faith, faith benefits, finances, healing, impartation, praise, prayer, presence of God, prosperity, purpose, righteous blessings, salvation. So let's go in, for example, to righteous blessings. And let's just say, um, you know, we, we clicked into one of them to see uh, what, it, what it is. So now I can see all these right here. I'll click into one of these verses. And um, let me see if I can pull this down or, or drop it down. There we go. 1 Samuel 12, 25. So now when you you know that I've, I've tagged this verse as that, now you look up, you can see I've not just tagged it under righteous blessings. I've also tagged it under presence of God, covenant, and blessing. And it's, it's an, in an uncategorized, but I could, I could change or create a category or drop it in one of these if I wanted to. And so it's tagged. Well, let's go to it real quick. And that was 1 Samuel 12, 25. Well, let's go to it. Uh, 1 Samuel 12 and verse 25. Look at this. But if you still do wickedly, both you and your king will be swept away. Now, if I click on the thing, continual, I, oh, you can't see it. Let me pull it over so you can see it. Continual sin causes you to be swept away from the blessings of God. And you can see I've tagged this note that I made on this verse of scripture, and I've tagged it with these four tags, covenant, blessing, presence of God, righteous blessings. So going back to this verse, and understanding, but if you still do wickedly, both you and your king will be swept away. So I know that I've made this note. This note will be available in any translation I'm reading. I'll see this note here and I can always pop it up. But here's the other thing. If I wanted to go back and say, okay, all of the study that I've done on righteous blessings, they will all be under that tag. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Canon. I'll show you two that I just put in for you guys. 2 Peter 3.16, very cool verse. Um, I put this under canon and scripture. 2 Peter 3.16, let's go there. Second Peter 3.16. All right, look at what the Bible says. As also in all his letters, Peter wrote this, by the way. So look what Peter said about Paul. He said, also, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do with the rest of the scriptures. You see that? To do with the rest of the scriptures. What is Paul saying? What, what is Peter saying here? Look, look at what the note I made here. Peter, by inspiration, it's important to understand this because. I want you to understand all scripture. We read it earlier. All scripture is inspired by God. So what Peter wrote here in this letter came from the Holy Ghost. Look, Peter, by inspiration, recognizes Paul's letters as scripture. So canon was already being recognized in the first century. Canon was, it didn't, you know, forget what Dan Brown said in the Da Vinci Code. It wasn't, 
you know, at the Council of Nicaea, when they finally, Constantine just said, here's what the Bible's going to be. No, they were already recognizing canon as the letters were being written. And Peter told the churches in Asia Minor, look at this, as also in all his letters, let me go back here because if we're going to do a lot of Bible reading, I'll go to the English standard. Look at this. As he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Uh, the partial underline is very easy. You just click and highlight a passage, then go up to uh, your highlight or whatever. I don't think you do it like that and say, I want to do a red underline. And I could do it like that. And if I don't like what I did, I can go in here, hit highlight, and uh, hit delete highlight, and it'll delete the last one you did. So, you know, notice this. Peter recognizes Paul's letters as scripture. Well, I made a note about that so that when I'm teaching or we're, we're looking at, and what, what are we in? Canon, if we're teaching on the canon of scripture, one of the things we can recognize plainly is that canon was being recognized all the way back when Peter was writing his letters, not in 1500. And so let's go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Look at this, Paul, even Paul, I put this under canon scripture, even Paul believed that his, and I'll, I'll put it over here so you guys can see it, 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. Look at this, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Paul said that when he wrote to the believers, it was not words of men, it was the word of God. So under canon, not only did Peter recognize Paul's writing as scripture, but Paul recognized his own writing as scripture from the Lord. And so these are helpful, but I've got them now. You can see that they're, they're placed in such a way that any time... Anytime I'm doing the study on this, I can go back and see what it is. If we went down to something like eternal security, you could look in and see, for example, James 5. This is a picture of walking away from salvation and your eternal reward. James chapter 5 and verse 19. Let's look at that real quick. And we just will always know that if I'm teaching on this, I know exactly where to find these things. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and somebody brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering, will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And so notice what James is saying. There, people can wander from the truth. It's proof that you can truly be an apostate. You can walk away from salvation. And notice it says that when you bring them back, you're bringing a sinner back and saving his soul from death. Well, a Christian doesn't have to worry about their soul being saved from death. They're saved eternally. Well, look at this. Here's someone that wandered away from the truth and Christians can bring them back and it'll save their soul from death. So here's a picture in the New Testament of the fact that apostasy is possible. You can actually walk away from your salvation and walk away from the truth. So as we're studying these things, what are we doing? Logging them with these tags. And these tags, by the way, are life savers when you're studying topically. It's amazing. And so then you might want to do, um, and of course I have, you know, you have everything in here, your full library of everything you've purchased or whatever. You can do a search, obviously. You have your, your things in there, save passages, highlights, all the things I'm showing you, your notes, 
resource guide. So Olive Tree, to me, and, and, and Joseph asked, what's the difference between this and the U version? Uh, I just find this a much, much better application uh, than the U version. Uh, I just, I haven't used the U version that much. One of the things that's nice about the U version, if you're connected to the internet, it will read the Bible to you, which I, I do use it for that sometimes uh, to, to do like an audio version of different translations of the Bible. Uh, though I think you do have to be connected to the internet to use that feature with, with this is more of like something like Logos Bible software would be, although not as in depth, but you can buy all these books. You can buy other books in the, in the, the online store. So there's all kinds of things you can do. So that's one thing. The second thing I wanted to show you is this. I wanted to show you a second app that will help you, uh, while you're doing things that, uh, the Lord's showing you different things and whatever, check this out. So I've shown this before. So I've taken you from the uh, Olive Tree Bible app into Microsoft OneNote. So this is Microsoft OneNote. I, I the blue, the purple bar at the top I just deleted because you don't need to see it. Um, this is this is a really good. Um, oh, that's good, Yvette. You can download the audio versions and don't need the internet. I'm, I'm going to do that. But this is a, a good question from Carmona family on uh, on YouTube. What other books from the online store are the top buys? that you recommend in Olive Tree? That's an excellent question, and uh, I really appreciate you asking it. Let me let me jump back over to it real quick, uh, just to give you a couple. So we're back here, we're back in Olive Tree. Let me go, go through some of the things here. One of the things that I highly recommend, obviously, you know that I recommend the ESV, the NASB. Um, this is the Life Application Study Bible that we send uh, even to our partners, you can get those notes. You can get those notes in Olive Tree. So if I were to open up, let me, for example, in my uh, my main window, let me open up the Life Application Study Bible, Bible text there. And then on this side, let me open up the Life Application Study Bible notes. And uh, let's go back to, let's go back to the Gospel of John one of my favorite passages of scripture, <laughs> Gospel of John chapter one. Uh, very, very cool. These are the life application study Bible notes here. And of course it's got all the stuff, all the, uh, there's the key places in the map, uh, introduction, same thing. In the beginning was the word. So over here, now you've got on the side, all the life application study Bible notes, which I think are phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, that's a top buy for me. I would say another one that's a top buy, obviously, if you've heard me any, for any period of time, Dake's Study Bible Notes. If you have a Dake's Bible, they have, and by the way, just for those that are listening, this is one of the main reasons that I, I bought, uh, that I went with Olive Tree at the beginning. It was the only online Bible app that had an online store where you could pur purchase Dake's Notes. And I used to travel with a Dake's Bible. And if you... Listen, if you have ever carried a Dake's Bible around, they are massive. They are massive. It's just filled with so many notes. And uh, it's much like the uh, NET with the translator's notes. There's so many notes. Uh, they're massive Bibles. I wanted to have it on my iPad and on my iPhone. Olive Tree was the only company that I saw, and I haven't checked since then, but uh, they sold Dake's notes. And I was able to buy them and download them for my iPad and not carry around a 30 pound Bible while I'm, while I'm preaching. But 
uh, Olive Tree has all of his notes and they sync, by the way. So if I continue to scroll here, notice it's scrolling on the other side so that it stays in sync with what I'm reading in the scripture text. So it just keeps showing me what's available. You see that? Very, very cool. And of course, all of all of Dake's notes are there. Top by, absolutely. I think if you just got those three things, it would be a great start, which is the, uh, not the Passion Translation. If you got um, in the library, Life Application Study Bible Notes, the New English Translation with Translator's Notes, and the Dake's um, Study Bible Notes. If you just got those three things, yeah. Well, no, I, I had the large print Dake, Al. I had it in leather, and it is huge, extremely, extremely heavy. I finally sewed it into somebody else that had bigger forearms than I do. Um, but if you got the Dakes, the Life Application Study Bible Notes, and the New English Translation with the Translator's Notes, you would not regret it. You absolutely would not regret it. Those are three great buys um, in the in the Olive Tree Bible Store. Let me jump over to this and show you because uh, I'll pull this up so you guys can see it. Let me go over to the uh, OneNote. Check this out. So if you guys don't use this now, let me highly, highly encourage you to start using Microsoft OneNote today. Do not, it's a free app, by the way. Doesn't cost you anything to use it. It, it. It's, you know, part of Microsoft's suite of apps. But let me just encourage you, start using this immediately. Do not delay. Download it on your phone. Download it on your tablet. Download it on your laptop, desktop, whatever you have. Get this app immediately. This is one of the biggest uh, life changers of my, basically of my ministry, uh, because as a creative, you know, and, and I obviously I don't, I'm not, it's not a bad confession. I have the mind of Christ. I, you know, all of those things, but you know, as a creative, many times I'm thinking of so many different things that I've got so many ideas. I know there's a couple people watching that can attest to this fact. Um, I'll tell you and Evernote Carmona, Evernote may have changed, but back again, when I was started doing this, Evernote was like a massive Dropbox of notes while OneNote had a hierarchical system like this. You've got notebooks here. These are all the notebooks. If you go into a notebook, you have tabs, and then each tab can be filled with pages. It's So it's a hierarchical system. It's extremely, extremely useful. And so I don't know if Evernote's changed that, but I trust Microsoft in, in one sense uh, and I don't really know who owns Evernote, but Microsoft is going to be around. That's one of the things I look for in an app that I'm going to use for my whole life. Microsoft's going to be around. They've got the money to be around. They've got the support staff to be around, um, whatever you may think of Bill Gates. Anyway, so uh, the hierarchical system sold me because it keeps all of your thoughts organized. And I want to show you a couple of cool things to do when you're studying the Bible with this. So as you saw, I clicked over here, and this is the obviously the computer version. There's a version for your tablet and a version for your phone. I use this for absolutely everything, like absolutely everything. Let me, let me give you an example. Even if you're not studying the Bible, imagine this. Imagine if you had to keep receipts for your business, and you could come in here and just have one of these tabs read receipts, and then in every page in that tab, 
where you were, restaurant, and it, it automatically dates it. And then you take a picture with your phone of the receipt, never keeping receipts again, like literally. And they're all logged of where you were, the date it was, the full receipt, picture of the full receipt. I mean, imagine just the power of that alone. But let me go on further with this thought. So it's, it's hierarchical, which gives you organization. This, the top level is your notebook. Inside every notebook, you have tabs. Each tab is filled with pages. So the pages allow you to just log whatever you want. Of course, you can do, uh, you can actually draw. If you have a, a, like a stylus, you can take pictures, you can take video, you can take voice notes, anything, any content that you want to put in these pages, you can put in them like hyperlinks to websites, you know, whatever you can all put it all in these pages and it syncs to the cloud just like olive tree. So if I make a change right now in my desktop, which we're in, it will show up on my phone and it will show up on my tablet shows up everywhere. Once again, I can access it from any web browser around the world. If I forget at all of my devices. So it's wonderful. So let's just say, uh, here's some notes that I was making about fearing God. So what it is, fear, fear, the fear of God is the foundation of true knowledge, the Bible says. But then we start to log as I'm doing a topical study on the fear of God. <clears throat> now look at this. The benefits of fearing God. It brings appointment and promotion, scripture reference. Keeps you from sin. You know, I can go down and make all of these, I can make all of these notes on what it is. And by the way, uh, if you're doing any kind of typing or whatever, like this, it has full word editing capabilities. So you see that? I can do any kind of word editing capabilities I need to, including putting in uh, hyperlinked text and everything else. Everything I need to do. If I go to insert, I can insert, I can insert any of these things, a hyperlink to a website, all the stuff from Excel is in here. All the stuff from Microsoft Word is in here. Uh, all of this. I can even draw if I have a stylus or even using my mouse. All of that stuff. And so I can go in here and, you know, complete control over all my, all my uh, words. I can change the color if I want, you know, whatever. Make it completely customizable the way you want it. And so all that's available. And this, this is not a web app. I actually have downloaded... Uh, they have an app for PC and they have an app for Mac. This is the actual app. You can do it on the web as well. They have a web app. So no question, you can do that, Ariana. But as we're logging these things, I want to show you the power of this in just a minute. Um, because if I showed you my actual notebooks, I have thousands of notes, like thousands. So it gets massive. And by the way, if you need to, you can actually uh, back these up or download them, make a backup of these files just in case you were worried that you might lose them, you can back up all your files offline and all that stuff. But let's say I'm doing all the study. Then how do you fear the Lord? Don't, and then I, I take you through scripture. Here's ways you don't, you fear the Lord. Don't insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. Don't take advantage of one another. Bless your brothers without charging interest. Don't treat your brothers harshly. Worship only God and put nothing before him. So then I got the how to's. Well, here's, here's a tip. Here's a, here's a little bit of a pro tip for you. And this is much like what we did in, in um, the Olive Tree Bible Reader. So I know that this is the subject of fearing God or fearing the Lord. 
So at the bottom, you know, and you could even, if you wanted to, let's just say you wanted to make it like almost like this was a footer. So I'll, I'll space down a couple times and we'll put a line almost like it's footnotes just so that we stay below the lines. All right, so that we know that this is separated from our actual notes we're making about the Bible. But look what I did down here. I created hashtag wisdom and hashtag holiness. Well, why did I do that? Well, I know that at the beginning that the fear of God is the foundation of true knowledge or wisdom. And I know that truly what the fear of God is, is holiness, is obeying his word. So I know that this study has to do with wisdom and this study has to do with holiness. So I'm going to hashtag both of those things at the bottom of this document if I want to. And now they're there. Well, what's the power of that? If I've got thousands of notes and I'm like, hold on a second, I want to just pull up everything that I've ever studied or written about wisdom. Okay. I'm just going to go over here to my search bar, click the search bar. And I already had it clicked, but let's, let's clear it out and do it again. So you guys can see, and I'll do it. Hashtag wisdom and hit enter every page in my OneNote account, every single page in my OneNote account that has hashtag wisdom in it shows up in the search results. So fearing God is the top entry. So there it is. And it shows you where it's at. Miracle word demo is the name of the notebook and study notes is the name of the tab. And then you can see at the top, Fearing God, that's the name of the page. So it shows you the notebook, it shows you the tab, and it shows you the page where that note is found. Well, let's look at a different one. Here is one called Direction. Where is it located? It's in the Miracle Word Ministries notebook under the topical tab under the page called Direction. You see another one down here. This one's under a, a page called Wisdom, Finance, Peace healing. So let's go to direction. If we click on this, it's going to now take us to that page and look everywhere that this matches. Let me turn this off everywhere. Well, I guess you can, unless it's on everywhere that this matches, it's going to highlight for you so that you see it. So notice I had hashtag wisdom here, rewards of hashtag wisdom. Then I can go through scripture, long life, favor with God and man, clear direction, healing, this was something I tweeted on Twitter and I was copying all my tweets for notes. And so this was back in 2015, March 3rd of 2015 is when I tweeted this and I kept all these notes from things that I tweeted and so that I could recall them. Because let me tell you, scrolling back through Twitter to find all the thoughts that God gave you, because I used to do that like way back in you know 2014, 2013. I said, I know anytime the Lord shows me something, I'll just tweet it and then I'll have a list. Try scrolling back through your tweets to 2013 and see how fun that is when somebody sends you a text message after 15 minutes of scrolling and it scrolls you all the way back, all the way back to the top and you're trying to find ways to keep your salvation. Um, but putting them in one note like this is extremely helpful because it allows you in, in the, just the tap of a search bar to find everything. And you don't have to use the hashtag at all. So if I wanted to, to uh, use like, just type in like rapture and search it, there's a, a there's an actual tab called Rapture. When will the Rapture happens? A podcast we did. Um, scriptures. What does the Bible say about the Rapture? That's under Bible prophecy. Um, you know all these different things. So anywhere that I've written the word Rapture, anywhere the word Rapture shows up in my OneNote, 
It's going to show up on every one of these pages or tabs. So imagine the power of that search bar. And then, of course, you can go by your recents. But if I'm looking at the hierarchical system, I'll go back to the Miracle Word demo folder and you can see what it looks like. So here in my study notes tab, I've got these two pages. I've got the fearing God notes. Well, let's go down to this one. Now I'm in that, which is called the laser accuracy of Bible prophecy. And then here's all of these notes we made on the laser accuracy of prophecy. And it's all there. And I've tagged it Bible prophecy at the bottom. So if I, anything I wanted to tag it with so that I know by doing the tags, I'm just, the reason I added the hashtag, not because you have to have one, but just, just so that if I wanted to make sure that I'm creating a tag that won't be rec readily found anywhere else, I can do it in that way so that I can group things. Um, you could do anything. Literally, Carmona family, you can copy and paste anything you want to in, um, in OneNote. So it's literally, it's that kind of a tool where you can really do anything you need to do. And it's, it, let me just tell you, it has changed my study time. It's changed my, just like, if I could, if I could explain to you how much time it saves to have all your notes that you've ever had in the palm of your hand, all the thoughts the Lord has ever spoken to you in the palm of your hand. You know, if I come up with an idea for a book, you know, I, I can actually come in here uh, and I had to do this a couple of days ago and I have a queue of books to write. But one of the things I know, I'm not going to remember all those things after the moment. So I don't delay anymore. I, let me, let me come back to you and explain this. I used to have ideas and things the Lord would show me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, later I'm going to write that down or later I'm going to start putting that in and I'll go in and say, oh, oh, what was that thing the Lord told me? And you know, an hour later, two hours later, and the, the details of it are not still in my spirit. So if I'm going to be faithful uh, to what the Lord asked me to do, I've got to log these thoughts. I've got to log these things. And so do you. The Lord's showing you. Let me let me give you this before we pray. Um, today is what? Today is the 30th. So tomorrow is April the, is May the 1st. We're going to start our Bible reading plan and study, which is why we did this. Uh, I did this today for this reason. Tomorrow, we're studying our, uh, starting our Bible reading challenge of the New Testament for the month of May. We have a Bible reading plan ready to go for you um, that we're going to send you in a PDF version. So listen, those of you that are watching me, those of you that are watching me, and if Tiffany's watching, she can tell me where to, where to go and do this. Do they do it on the study page, Tiffany, if you're watching? But what we're going to do is we're preparing a section on the website for you with helpful resource videos like this one and several others on how to study the Bible. But there's also a PDF that we're going to send to you that has the full Bible reading plan for the month listed out. And if you are already on our email list, you don't have to do anything. We're going to send it to you probably today or tomorrow in the morning. It'll be available tonight. So we're going to send it to you. Tiffany, where do you want them to opt in? Tell me where you want them to opt in to get the PDF. If you're already part of the email list. You don't have to do anything. We're going to send out an email that has the, the Bible reading plan inside the email for you. So you don't have to sign up again. You don't have to do any of that. If you receive our emails, you're going to get it tonight or in the morning. But if you're not on our email list, then let me encourage you to do this, to sign up 
to be a part of the emails. And I know one place you can do it is go to miracleword.com forward slash live. And you can fill out the form to be part of uh, the emails that we send out on a weekly basis. So if you'd like to get the Bible reading plan via email and all the resources that we're going to make available to you, uh, and you're not signed up for our emails, go to miracleword.com forward slash live. And there's a form right there on the site where you can sign up and it'll instantly add you and you'll be part of the family. And so we'll be able to send you that. And it's going out. It's already prepared. And tomorrow's day one. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be phenomenal. But those, I'm encouraged you to get Olive Tree. I didn't think that, the, I thought there was a free version and then you could just buy what you wanted. Uh, but I saw someone saying it's $19.99. I've never seen that. Uh, I think that if you're looking at that, that's one that comes with a version of the Bible that you have to pay for, but look for a free version, but this will, this will help you. This will help you a lot. So grab your copy of OneNote, uh, download it onto all your devices, set up an account, log in, by the way, don't forget to do that. If you don't log in, it's not going to sync to all your devices and you're at risk of losing your info. Log in with an account, log into all the devices and start making those, those apps. I'll take some questions here at the end, uh, before, we go, and of course, we'll be back tonight, but let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, one of the things we're asking you, Lord, is to not just give us a hunger to read the word of God, but number two, we're asking you, Lord, to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us wisdom from heaven. Your word says that if we'll ask you, then you would give us wisdom. And so, Lord, we're asking you today to give us supernatural wisdom, uh, give us um, not only a spirit of wisdom and revelation, but let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. And I pray in Jesus' name that as we go through month of May, that we declare is a month of miracles. Let us see things in your word and be encouraged and go deeper than we ever have before in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me take a few minutes of questions because I know we covered a lot of information uh, in this in this broadcast today. So let me give you guys some time. I've tried to answer questions as we've been going, but if you have um, any questions about the apps, uh, Bible translation, any of these things, hit me up right now and let's, let's get some of these questions out before we go because um, I want you to understand it, but I really, really want it to help you as you're studying the word and understanding why we use the kind of translations we use. Um, understanding why, uh, why we look at the word in the way that we do as the inerrant word of God. It's not just something written by men. Bible study six. Okay, good. Good. Uh, Michael's asking, have you looked into the Jewish Tanakh, uh, for studying the old Testament before? I have, I have looked into some of those things, the Talmud, uh, the Tanakh. I have looked into some of that stuff. It, it is interesting, especially the histories. Sometimes the histories are very interesting. Todd says, how often are you digging into Greek and Hebrew words? And does Olive Tree offer any of that? Um, that's, a, that's actually a free resource, Todd. And it's not something that you necessarily have to buy from Olive Tree. You can go on to, uh, like, for example, BibleHub.com or BibleStudyTools.com. And you can go and look at those things. Um, there's another app that I've recommended in the past. It's called eSword and it has the actual Strong's numbers that you can click on. The hyperlink pops up. 
uh, but I'm looking at it pretty often. You know, I, I as I'm studying the Bible specifically, I want to know what some of those words are that we, we're looking at and what the deeper tra- meaning of the word actually is in the context we're reading it. It's like when we read John 14, 21 the other day, we were looking at the word emphasizo and wanted to know what it meant to emphasize, to reveal, to manifest. It's helpful. And um, so I would use a free resource for that. You don't have to buy a Greek or Hebrew New Testament to do that. Excellent question. Ariana said, how do you manage your time through reading as you keep getting more and more revelation? Like, how do you make sure you get through your goal for the day? I would say it's not necessarily as important. If you're doing study for the purpose of hearing from the Lord, it's more important to hear from the Lord than to just go through 10 chapters. You know what I mean? And I remember the first time this ever happened for me. I prayed and God said, pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I did. My goal for the day was John chapter 1 through 10. I sat down with a notebook and I began to read. And after I prayed that prayer, revelation after revelation started coming. I looked down and like an hour and 10 minutes had passed. I was like 12 pages deep in notes and hadn't got out of the first chapter of John yet. So I, I would say if you're trying to do a Bible reading plan like we're doing starting in May, do the plan and whatever notes come to you, write them down. But if you're going to go deep and say, Holy Spirit, give me revelation, things I've never seen. It's more important to hear him than to finish a goal. So that, that's how I kind of break through the two. Olive, olive branch, olive tree, Caitlin. That's a different, I've never heard of olive branch. Yeah, it, it is nicer than, than you version in my opinion. Sandra, the three purchases I said would be great from, from olive tree were the Dakes Bible study notes. Number two, the life application Bible study notes. And number three, the New English translation, the NET, with the translator's notes included. Those are the three that I would definitely purchase first. What one version is go-to for you, and what version do you predominantly preach from? That has changed through the years, but I'm pretty set right now on the English Standard Version. I preach from it. That's what this Bible is that I'm always holding. This is an English Standard Version. I preach from it. Um, I study from it. We teach from it on Miracle Word University. I think it's a great, great combination of a dynamic, like a word, not dynamic, but a word-for-word formal equivalence translation and something that's readable. I don't know if you could tell, even when I was reading between the NASB and the ESV, ESV is much easier. And so I I prefer it. I suggest it. I'm, I'm writing a monograph right now on why I think it's superior to the King James and New King James. And maybe I'll put it in the blog later, but... I really think it's a great translation. Of course, I love the New Living. We send that out. I read it often. I think it's great. My wife preaches and teaches from it. She reads it. It's it's great. I think godly men did it. A 90-member scholarship team did that. Blue Letter Bible, I have that as well. E-Sword, that's great. Thank you, Isha. Where do you go on Microsoft for study note? Go to OneNote.com onenote.com and you'll be able to find it there. It's also in the app store. If you go to buy it, it's free. You just download it. I use the King James and Amplified to studying time. Yep. Is this a good thing or not? Um, Yeah, if, if it works for you, do it. If King James and Amplified is your thing and it works for you and the Lord's, you do it. If you get it and you understand it and you're you're processing it, do it. Do it. Bought so many books on different subjects, I don't know where to start. Start in the Bible, Daphne. 
That's where you need to start. And that's why we're doing a Bible reading plan. Start in the word of God. Jacob said, when, when you pray and fast, do you read the Bible? Absolutely. No question. That should be the main things you're doing when you're praying and fasting. Prayer and fasting is a time to give yourself to the Lord. And so it really shouldn't be spent binge watching shows or, you know, sleeping the time away. You should be pressing in. I would prefer people do a three-day concentrated fast and prayer where they're pressing in for the full three days than 21 days where they're basically sleeping it away and binge watching shows away. And, you know, that's a waste of your time. Press in. Carmona family, do you have a schedule in the week? For example, do you, for example, you concentrate a day of the week more to studying, preparing messages? No, I don't. Um, I do it in the morning. I wake up in the morning, do my Bible reading, do my study, let the Lord speak to me, uh, you know, pray in the spirit. And so before we ever come on the broadcast at 1030 in the morning, I've already done my, my daily Bible reading. I've done my prayer and, uh, I just let the Lord speak to me as he's speaking. But, um, on a daily basis, especially if I'm writing, doing other things, I'm constantly in study and, and the Lord is, is speaking, but I'm not saying it's not good to have a schedule. My schedule is do it in the morning. So just set a schedule, prioritize it, and make it the most important thing you do uh, for the Lord every single day. Olivetree.com forward slash PC, and then you can download. That's good. Alex asks a great question. That's my nephew, Alex. And he said, how do you go about doing a topical study? Excellent question. For me, one of the first things you'd want to do, let's say, for example, faith. Let's say you're going to do a study on faith. I would first go into like olive tree and open up, you know, um, one of the translations, ESV and ASB, and I would type faith into the search bar. And then I would make a note of every verse of scripture in the Bible that uses the word faith. And then I would have them maybe copied and pasted out into a OneNote document. And then you can go down through and read in context and you could study in context. I know faith's a broad one, but you could study in context how faith is used in each passage of Scripture. Then, in the Old Testament and New, you could look at what is the Hebrew word for faith? What is the Greek word for faith? Is there more than one? Just like there is for love, is there more than one? And what do they mean when you, when you break them out? And which ones are used in which Scriptures? You know, so pistis, is a Greek word for faith. So where is pistos used in scripture? And uh, if there are other words, like if we did a, a topical study on love, we know one is agape, we know one is eros, we know one is uh, phileo, you know, there's different ones. So where are they used and what do they mean and what's the context of that passage? So then it, that, that, that gives you a baseline foundation to know what the word means, how it's being used by the author, and then where it's listed in the Bible, and then keep on going down until you recognize, uh, number one, how the word is used, what it means as defined by the author that's writing about it, and then what the actual translation of the Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek word means in the English language as we transliterate it. So I would start that way. And then if you did that, it would give you a deep, deep understanding of that topic uh, of scripture. And very few people go that deep with it, but it's worth doing. Um, Nick is asking, where does the Holman Christian standard fall on that spectrum? Um, I have a Holman Christian standard, uh, Bible. If you'll just Google Bible translation chart, 
you'll see all the translations on Google and where they fall in the spectrum. And I think that's somewhere near the middle to the left. I like the Amplified Bible a lot, Karen. I like it a lot. Amen. Yeah, I would do that. If you want to do a topical study, do it Do it for yourself, Daphne. Do it for yourself. You know, start by looking at what the Bible says and what it, uh, where it's listed those words. Absolutely. I hope this helped you guys today. We'll include this video and other ones uh, in the in the page when we're getting ready starting tomorrow to do the Bible cha- the reading challenge. And uh, I want to encourage you before we go to sow a seed if you've not done so already. I know some of you have already sown and I appreciate you sowing a seed, but set yourself up. This is the last day. Remember this. This is the last day of April. We're crossing over into a month of miracles starting tomorrow. And that's what we're confessing and believing. May is going to be our month for miracles. And so set yourself up. Set yourself up and sow a seed by faith. And there's all the information on the screen. You can use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, hashtag donate if you're in the comments section, or miracleword.com, easiest place, easiest place to sow your seed. If you're listening on the podcast, you can literally swipe up and click the link in the uh, description of the podcast. It'll take you to a place where you can sow a seed. I want to say I love you guys. I'm believing that this month of May, as we go through the entire New Testament, God's going to open up our understanding. We're going to see things we've never seen before. And we're going to grow spiritually. We're going to have faith built in our hearts. And we're going to have revelation that's going to set us high, high. We're not going to, none of us will ever diminish in Jesus' name. Thank you, Janet, for sowing a seed. Matthew Henry's is quite an old one. It's a good commentary. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, good one. A lot of good ones out there. I've never found a full commentary set done by like Pentecostal scholars that I've been happy with, Um, but I'm always looking. I usually buy the books a la carte, book by book, like a commentary on Romans by somebody, a commentary on Ephesians by somebody. Thank you, Alex, for sewing. I love you. I love you. I'm very proud of you for pressing into the presence of the Lord and and studying like you're doing. And by the way, send me your paper. You never did send me your paper, and I want to read it. I definitely want to read it. Love you, Mike. Appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for sticking around. I'm telling you, this is this. I could talk about this all day. It uh, it, it stirs me up, man. It stirs me up. Bonnie, you got to put the hashtag symbol in front of uh, donate for it to go through. And thank you and, and Daryl. Appreciate you both. We'll be back tonight, 9 p.m. for the Spirit of Faith sessions. These have been great. And we're going again tonight at 9 and uh, all the way through Saturday. We're going to take a night off on Sunday and start back again uh, at the 9 o'clock sessions on Monday. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited for that. And so I want to say a big thanks to everybody. We love you so very much. And uh, I'll be back again tonight. Uh, Carolyn's going to be back on with us tomorrow. I wanted to give you that. Strong's is great as well. Just gives you the definitions of the Greek and Hebrew words, Jeanette. That's an excellent question, but it is good. Strong's numbers. Dr. Strong put it together so that we would understand and have a way to categorize Greek and Hebrew words. Thank you very much, Bonnie. I know Jenna helps you sometimes, and we appreciate you guys very much and love you. You're welcome, Scotty. God bless you. You guys can rewatch this. I know it'll help you. We're going to put it on the website as well under the study section. Have a great day. I love you. I'll see you again tonight, 9 p.m. Don't miss it.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.